Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jesus, would you look who it is long time now, see? The Oakley, still working for the Carbone. That was the Oakley, still acting the bollocks. That's gas. Give the shatty alone. I will, yeah. You're some gobble. He's bleeding massive. Ah, there. He's your man. listeners how are you doing Bula from Fiji this is where I am this week last week it was Melbourne where will it be next week who knows I am sending you all the positive vibes from this beautiful island and hoping you are having a great week and a great weekend if this is when you're listening to it so I have an amazing guest lined up today and he is chatting to me all the way from LA so we have a 20 hour time difference it's insane I have a 12 hour difference from Ireland it's crazy trying to work out everything but um, I'm so excited to chat to him today because he's been in so many of my favorite tv shows so you might know him from Sons of Anarchy and um, if you're like me and a crime buff he's been in SWAT he's been in Criminal Minds and now he's currently in Law and Order Organized Crime which I can't wait to chat to him about because hello it has Chris Maloney in it who I've loved since day one on SVU so I'm so excited to chat all about that and obviously He's one of Ireland's hardest working actors. You know, he started in Kerry and moved to Dublin and now he's in L.A. And he's if you look at IMDb, it currently says that he has 10 upcoming projects for the next few months. Ten. Like most actors you might see might have like two and maybe one in post-production or something. So this man is working hard. He is such a talented actor, such a lovely person, and I'm really, really excited to talk to him. His name is Timothy V. Murphy, and you, you like the minute you see his face, if you don't know his name automatically, you're going to go, oh my God, I know him from whichever it is. He was in all the Valhalla episodes of Criminal Minds. If you are also a Criminal Minds obsessive like myself, uh, you'll remember the Prentice Valhalla storyline when she was meant to be his girlfriend, but it was all undercover and broke his heart essentially you know so chatting gonna be chatting all about that I would literally be like okay so tell me about this tell me about that god help him he's in for a headache of me bombarding him with questions so 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 fascinated about it as always I'm really thankful for him to come on the show but also for you for present play and for listening and thank you so much to you all especially because my promotion at the moment ain't great because I'm in very low wi-fi zones and when I am in the wi-fi I suppose I'm trying to tell my family I'm still alive over here on the other side of the world and all that kind of crack so because he's been in so many different shows I'm so intrigued to see what people know him best for um will it be like me that you just automatically think of criminal minds or will it be something else because you know my friends would love Sons of Anarchy um you know Irish people might have a different thing. You know, he's been in something called LA Finest, which I haven't seen. But now I'm like, I love cop shows. So obviously that could be one for me. What is the thing that I suppose grabs your attention as a fan of him? Um, if you might remember from SWAT. So it could be that. I don't know. So let's, I'm going to have to go and ask him. So here we go. Let's chat with Timothy. Hello. Nicola, can you see me? I can. How are you? Cool, cool in my bedroom trying to hide. <laughs> 
I was just doing a little intro for you while I was waiting there. And you have been in pretty much all of my favorite TV shows because you've been in uh. Crime Lines. You were in Organized Crime at the moment. You've been in SWAT, Chicago PD. My best friend loves Sons of Anarchy. So like, I was trying to think, like, what do people recognize you most from? Um, it's funny that Criminal Minds has uh, is is quite popular, you know, because it keeps repeating. So a lot of people there, Sons of Anarchy would be another one. Uh, I think they'd be the main ones. Th- those, I mean, I've been in every friggin' thing nearly, but those things would be, uh, I think, the main ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because like instantly when I see your face, I think of the, you know, Ian Doyle storyline in Criminal Minds. So when you come on on Organized Crime, I was like, oh, there he is. That's, that's right that's right that's right and some and, and a lot of the big fans because it is huge fans criminal minds they would uh they would say oh there's ian ian dial in ian dial's on the on organized crime yeah so. <laughs> you have a reputation as a bad boy on american tv huh oh very much so no question about it <laughs> but you i saw you're actually from kerry you're originally from kerry i am yeah 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 Whereabouts in Kerry are you from? From Tralee. Oh, such a beautiful part of the world. Like, uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I love it. We, I took the family back there this year and we went uh, around to all the, you know, ancient Celtic sites and all that, you know, and castles. And, yeah, so it's beautiful. Like, how do you go from Tralee to LA? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? Um well, as growing up as growing up in Tralee, there was no outlet really for acting, or I never really thought about it. My mother had done had done some amateur dramatics when she was a kid. Actually, she'd done the the, the last menagerie uh, by Tennessee Williams in a couple of plays. Um, but uh, yeah, there was no outlet for me. I had a very bad stutter when I was a kid, so the last thing I wanted to do was go up in front of people and embarrass myself. So, uh, but I I I lived here way back in the 80s in in the states in new york and florida as as in construction and um and then i just uh i did a little acting course and i liked it and i a lot of people at that time i suppose gabriel byrne and liam neeson would have been the the two famous irish actors and i heard they went to a place called the focus theater in dublin so uh i decided i'd go back and uh and give it a go and i was bouncing in leeson street while i studied with Deirdre O'Connell and the focus and um yeah and I did a movie then and a, a few you know I was acting in Ireland then for about 10 years or something and I did a movie in the west coast of Ireland with an American company and uh had one of those summer romances you know and the, the winter was setting in and, and then I I had a warm bed in uh in LA and even though things were going quite good in Ireland I could have stayed there uh I said yeah you know I'll just go off for an adventure and uh Went over there. That relationship lasted two weeks and I ended up selling Christmas trees and uh, off I went after that, you know. <laughs> so that that was a very long-winded answer to how, how does how does a Kulshi with a stutter from Tralee uh, go on and, and act in, in, in America, you know. So. I'm sorry, I love the idea of you going to chase the American dream and two weeks later you're like, okay, I'm selling Christmas trees. <laughs> So totally to the stars, would you mind? To Tom Hanks and the f- people like that. It was, uh, yeah. I actually enjoyed it uh, to be doing something because I, I, I was asked to go back and do Moon for the Misbegotten and the Gaty, I think, at the time. And that's an amazing Eugene O'Neill play. And uh, 
I said, God, I'm just after arriving. I can't go back now, you know? So, uh, yeah. And then I end up selling Christmas trees. So, yeah. That's such the Irish thing, isn't it? I can't go back after only two weeks because they'll always <laughs> flag me down the pub. <laughs> exactly. But that's it. I love the idea, Doug, because there's kids out there, you know, like I never knew you had a stutter and, as a child. And there's so many kids that are, have such low confidence with something like that. And to know that you can overcome it and follow dreams that, you know, maybe don't seem, you know, normal or whatever and go yeah. on to have a really good career, which is amazing. Definitely, definitely. Sometimes the the shy kids are the look are the best on camera. Would you believe you know? So yeah, I suppose that because the uh, more outlandish kids are trying to show off, whereas the shy ones just kind of probably want to get it done. So they'll just do it perfect, so they don't have to keep doing it. <laughs> or I've my son Sean, who who's like he's he's like off with the fairies. Sometimes he he can just. Get, get get into some something he's doing and make up an imaginary world or something. You just put a camera on him and it, you it's that's very interesting for a camera. Whereas another another kid, uh, you know, uh, mightn't be that's mightn't be that interesting. And then again, you know, it, it works both ways. I mean, the two types of kids uh, can can be huge stars, but in different ways, type of thing. Yeah. 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 So where did you, what happened then that gave you, like, I suppose, the motivation to stay in L.A.? You were selling the Christmas trees and obviously that has a limited time. You can only do that till yeah. the end of December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was like starting again, you know. Uh, but I'm quite tenacious. Anyway. I like adventures in new places and I like challenges, I suppose. And I said, uh, sure, you know, I'll I'll do my best and see, and see what happens, basically. And um Things did start happening. I mean, what I did when when the work wasn't coming to me, and at the beginning it isn't. It's like starting again, and they say, "Oh, you need a you need to get into SAG. You need a headshot. You need a resume. You need to go to acting class. You need this, that, and everything." And um, so, uh, and then you know, you work in a bar. Maybe I was working in a bar. I think at the beginning just to bring in some money. And uh, but I joined a theater company, so I I never lost, even though. I mightn't have been getting a lot of high-paying gigs initially. I never stopped acting. I I uh, joined a theater company, and uh, I think did did quite a great theater and plays in LA uh, that were quite well received. And um, I think it was through doing one of those that uh, that I got my first uh, TV gig playing uh, with uh, Terry George was the producer. No, he did some other son and he did hotel rwanda and uh, i think it was a thing called the district and the reason i know that right now or it, it's coming easily to me right now is that i on law and order organized crime i work with uh, a director oz scott directed that actual episode and he brought it all up what was happening on the set and everything david o'hara was in it davy o'hara he had been in uh in Braveheart, he played the Irish guy. This is my island, I think he yeah. said. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that was yeah. So you know, if 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 you're tenacious and you believe in yourself and you um, I just keep working. You know, the the, the money might be great, but there's always ways to find. Especially now, people are making their own movies for cheaper and stuff. So um. And then I joined the actor studio, but that was later once I got going a bit. Uh, I auditioned for that, and um, uh, yeah, and that helped you meet people in there. And 
very good at acting teachers and stuff and then yeah self-belief is an amazing thing isn't it it's so powerful because it's very easy to go all right I'm, I, I was doing well in Ireland I could go back now you know with, uh, you know, and get maybe more, more money or whatever but you were like I know I'm in the right place I'll, I'll stick with it yeah um some sometimes though you might stick at something and nothing nothing at all happens you know but uh and you know in 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 the business anyway you always have ups and downs and, and you and as as everybody does in life it's not this business uh and um sometimes things go well and sometimes they don't and sometimes you get the breaks and i i would say it's 80 percent luck you know with in with everybody in 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 act in this business uh you know, being the right place and the right person, maybe, you know, you, you were 20 and you happened to, to, to get uh, some little independent movie that uh, is a big hit. And you didn't know, you might have come out of nowhere. And another guy might make it till 16, another guy, like I know some great actors in the, the actor's studio, they can't even get uh, an agent. And I've seen them work and they've been amazing. And uh, yeah. It, it, I suppose that is the thing you can you know that little bit of that luck does have to you have to be in the right place or as you said you work with an, a director on something and then 20 years later he remembers you and it's like hey I'll put you in the show or whatever yeah that could happen yeah it, it's happening more so now as we get known you know I've been offered a lot of um you know a lot of independent movies and a lot of tv through people that would know my work or know me or whatever that wouldn't have been the case at the beginning. You'd audition for everything, of course, you know, so. I imagine auditioning is hell. Like, I just imagine going into a room and 25 people who look like pretty much the same as you and you're like, how do I stand out? Yeah. um, How do you stand out is right. (laughs) Um, That that is so true. And all, all the actors say the same thing, you know, and you go in and although... I would have I preferred going into the room than putting myself on tape I don't like I mean I think I do good good stuff on tape or whatever uh but I book more or I more by going into the room than putting myself on tape so I don't know what kind of energy that is or it causes or whatever so uh but um there is there are no more auditions anymore you do put yourself on tape or else you get offered a job I think one or the other you know so Oh, so that whole audition process is kind of gone. Like, is it that because of COVID or is it just like the way the world is now? It's because of COVID and it's also because of the way the world is. I mean, COVID gave them an excuse not to be in the office. And then, you know, you put yourself in tape and uh, and you send it in and that's it. You, you Obviously, it's still an audition, but it's, it's not... Uh, you're, it's strange because sometimes you, you, you're doing a Zoom audition with the director, which is, yeah instead of being in a room with them you know so yeah and the banter can't be the same like you're trying to be like I suppose when you're in the room you know when you first started out you were trying to like Irish it up get the banter going as we always do to try and stand out that bit yeah well it depends what what, uh, what parts you're playing uh, as well of course you, uh, sometimes you don't want to open your mouth to sound too Irish because you might be going for a you know, an American or a Russian or, or a, a South African or whatever, or whatever role, you know. But uh, I remember Vinnie yeah. Jones was playing um, uh, Russian or Ukrainian or something on organized crime like a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's that was right. weird to me because I'm just like, you're English in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With male and yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
but you do get to use your accent a good bit, which is good. Like because obviously you do get to play different accents, but the Irish accent is used quite a bit. It is actually recently it has, and then periods of time, I mightn't. In the last gigs, it's been uh, it's been Irish, yeah. It's which is great. I mean, it's much easier for me not, not to have to be uh, learning an accent or whatever. Although I have a couple of them in my wheelhouse at this stage, but yeah. if I haven't a lot of time, we'd say like television, like yeah. What I'm, is it like I'm, working on organized crime? Because I'm obsessed with the show, so I I love Chris Maloney. I'm absolutely obsessed. So like, tell me about it because that's obviously what we're seeing you on now. Now, I know you've filmed it and it's been in the past, but um, what it's currently, I suppose, on TV. Yes. Yeah, so very often you film it a long distance in the past, mm. but it, it is, hasn't been a long distance at all. I just went in to do ADR a couple of days ago for the next episode I'll be in, which is next Thursday, you know. So mm. and I just shot that last week. Was it last week? I last week or the week before. So the turnaround on this one, I shot one episode before Christmas, and the two episodes then in January, and now they're coming out. So it's only a turnover for a couple of weeks, basically. You know, that is strange because yeah, you assume that you would. I would have assumed you did this like last year, and you're kind of, and then you're already on like six more projects since then. So it's kind of hard to remember it. It usually is like that, and it, and you're dead right. I wouldn't usually remember much like. Even some guy came up to me and outside one of the parents in the school, you know, where you're waiting to pick up the kids. And he's quoting lines from an episode of Law and Order that I, one of the ones I did, uh, that I did, I think, before Christmas or whatever. And he's just after watching it and he's saying these lines to me. And I'm wondering, what the fuck is he talking about here, you know? And I go, I, and then it clicks. Oh, fuck it. You're talking about law and order because he mentioned a dog. Another guy mentioned a dog to me. How's your dog? And I'm thinking he's talking about, I have a pit bull. So I'm thinking, does he know that I have a pit bull? I say, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he had an operation, actually. And he says, oh, did he? Bark? And the whole conversation was about, he was talking about the frigging dog in the show. I'm talking about my own dog. And it's like, yeah. So it, it can be a bit like that. But um. Uh, but the show itself, I loved playing it because it's a great character, you know. It's mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, and I don't mind. A lot of people might say, you know, uh, do you do you mind just getting cast as bad guys all the time? And I, you know, it's not my choice, but I'm called. You know, I get called to play them. Now, I was just thinking, like Robert De Niro has played has has made a living out of playing gangsters all his life or at least tough guys are close to gangsters as mm-hmm. Al Pacino maybe even uh Killian Murphy on on uh, on Peaky Blinders so uh, they're doing a gangs in New York here I think as well a TV show at some stage but um yeah I love playing gangsters and especially the first episode of this law and order thing before you're introduced to the main characters it's like you're in your own movie. You're the gangster in the neighborhood. So it, I, I would love to have my own show where we're where a gang of tough guys in America or something, which would be great. Like, you know, yeah. So. I think when you play, obviously you play it well, because if you played a gangster bad, you wouldn't keep asking you to play different types. So like, that's what it is. You're doing it too well. And then they're like, right, well, I already have them in mind for the next t- cop show I'm doing. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. There was a while there I was playing Russian gangsters all the time and, I remember I'd, I'd, I'd a Russian friend, Pasha Lichnikov, who's, who's a fine actor himself, you know. And uh, 
I used to go to Pasha, you know, for, for the accent and, and just to, you know, to work on the character and all that. But uh, at, at one stage, he said, uh, Murph, I can't do this anymore, he says, because uh, you're taking too much jobs off me. You know, so <laughs> he, he got all really depressed in a real Russian kind of way, you know, and so honest that he honestly couldn't do it anymore. And we were buddies. I said, no problem, Pasha. So, yeah. Well, well, that's hilarious because I watch sometimes when, you know, you'll see an actor on a show who's like, you know, only in for one episode and they're meant to be Irish. And you're like, could you, you know, this, it could have gone to you for acting lessons for the Irish accent because as you know, it's very specific. And if you get it wrong, we are like, that's wrong. That's not Dublin. a Belfast accent. That's a Cork accent or, you know, that's not a Dublin accent. That's a Galway one. Very much so. No, well, well, that's so true. But But then again, on the wider scale, really, and and we hate when we hear a bad Irish accent, you know, and we know the guy isn't Irish. And we're and even when me as an actor, I'm thinking when I was in Ireland, even acting, I says, why wasn't I casting that? Why did they cast an English guy to play an Irish guy, you know? And uh, but on the wider scale of things, when you come to America and things, you see, oh, the audience isn't just the little island of Ireland. It's the friggin world. And they couldn't give a fuck what an Irish accent is, basically, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, like they think leprechaun Irish, you know, like a lot of people will think that's what we all sound the exact same. And it's just our little island is like, why is he pretending that he's from Galway when it's very clear that that accent is North Loud only or whatever? Totally. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see um, Wild Mountain Time, the one that Jamie Dornan did? I saw the trailer and was and yeah, I, I yeah, the accents were not great in that. I think you know, <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say much against it now, but uh, it it was not a success of a film. I think you know. Well, like the funniest thing about that was it was very clearly made for the American ac- uh, market, and it was like okay, yeah, that, the accents work if you're an American who who doesn't understand it. But for everyone at home, they were like, "How is Jamie Dornan, who's from Ireland, getting the Irish accent wrong?" <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, though. Yeah, and as as you said, you know, if if it's uh, um, if it's for the it's for the American market, and the accent doesn't matter too much. But um, the movie itself didn't do that good. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, it, if people that went to see it back home are literally watching it just to like take piss a bit because they're like, right, go on, Jamie, tell us, you know, go on, do the accent again. And he's so talented in other things. You're like, this is just the one time he got a bit of abuse at home. <laughs> what are Irish people like when they come up to you? Yeah, I mean, I I know I I know Irish here, of course. Um, no, all the Irish in, in my circle, I know them. So I mean, I'm just I'm not a famous person or anything. As far as we're all kind, of, I'm just myself, you know. And then they're themselves, and it's always that relationship. Yeah, I suppose if you meet someone, as we'd say, off the boat, that's just come over working in the summer, and maybe their favorite show or something was the Sons of Anarchy. They might get excited, all right, if they if they see Galen just hanging out in a bar having a pint with them. You know? yeah. yeah, or like if you watch Grace and Frankie and they, you know, they see you and they're like, "That's your man." Very much so. Very much. That that, that was another very funny one. Yeah, and that got a, a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, going on with that. Yeah, yeah, because that's on Netflix, and like I know, like my people, my mom, my mom watches it. So her age, my little sister watched it. So like it very much was a broad spectrum of people that were watching Grace and Frankie. It's great that he got so many household name shows, because I imagine that, like, as you said at the start, it's not there are ups and downs. It's not, you know, constantly, you know, you finish one job, immediately start another one. But yeah, yeah. 
you, you have a load of projects I see in the works like on IMDb it says you've got like 10 coming up you know so is it now that you're in a good stage because people like to start to know you um I mean it is good right now but you know one job finishes if I go three weeks without hearing anything I get worried because um you know I have to feed a family of four of us you know like two kids and myself and the wife and houses and everything in one of the most expensive cities in the world LA you know and um so you're always that's always but it's in the back of my uh, uh, the back of the mind of all artists I, I even talking to Ed Harris who's at a different level definitely financially uh, you know always but he says always after a job he's he's worried where the next one's coming so I am I mean I don't I'm not a worrier basically I'm always living hope that something comes along and it always does, uh, or usually does. But uh, I went through a huge amount of savings. On, uh, uh, and lucky I had some savings uh, during COVID because you couldn't work. And uh, so, so that was tough. And um, then I think 2017, for some reason, was, was, uh, was a dodgy year for me financially. But um, right now, I'm, I'm quite busy. And... Um, uh, Kevin Costner, he's doing a Western and he's doing three Westerns back to back and he just finished one. And, you know, I thought I definitely had a part in that one. And it turned out that that's, uh, I didn't anyway. But uh, apparently I have, uh, uh, they were checking my availability for the second one of those, which is shooting in April. And besides that, then I have about three or four movies coming out in mostly independence, one with a, John Travolta uh, in in a couple of in May that's coming out I think and I think two others two two other movies so I've a bunch what's and then I'm doing a TV show it's a bit like Law and Order where you know I did three episodes of that so I have about five episodes of a ten episode thing on uh, on ABC called um, the company they keep it's getting a lot of publicity right now so next week. On Thursday at 10 o'clock, I'll be in Law and Order Organized Crime. And then I think on the Sunday at 10 o'clock, I'll be in this new show with uh, Milo Ventimiglia, who did This Is Us, which was a hit, apparently. You know, so. Yeah, that's see, it's so weird. Like, you know, so you'll be if there's people who watch both of them, they'll be watching you as Eamon Murphy and be like, you know, what's going to is, you know, Stabler going to kill him or whatever. And then it's like a few days later, like there's. Wait, he looks different. What's going on? <laughs> there difference. he is again. There he is. Yeah, but if the funny thing is, um, I yeah, I I, sh- I shot that straight after Law and Order, so I won't be looking too different. I'll tell you, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it's it's on a different channel. But it's good to be on American TV like that all the time. And uh, uh, it was great in Law and Order. Yeah, I suppose in, in the acting in in LA, really, or in America, um. If you're a series regular for, we'll say, six episodes or something, mm. or six years, you know, then you make enough money that you, if if you're if you're uh, if you're young and you spend it all, yeah, that's the way you might be. But if you have any sense and and you and you do get, you're lucky enough to get a series regular for six to seven years, you're probably set financially for the for the rest of your life, you know, which is, which is amazing. Now being lucky to get one of those and it's not the best actor sometimes to get them or whatever, but if you're lucky enough to get one of those, yeah, it takes the financial worries away. 
mm. whether the creative worries are there, obviously, but that'll take one thing away. Or if you become, I suppose, a big movie star and you're paid millions per movie, then then you are in, in a different class as well. Otherwise, you're really, you know, you win, you finish one job and you're just hoping that the next one is going to come in, you know, so. And that's so terrifying. And, and like, in, and I'm sure it's the same in people who temp in jobs and stuff going like, OK, I know my paycheck or like my last day is Friday. I have nowhere to go on Monday. Well, I have somewhere to go on Tuesday, you know, and and then people, I suppose, only see the highlight reel. So they see that, you know, you're working with John Travolta or that you were in movies with Bruce Willis. So they're like, oh, he's he's set for life. And you're like, give me a job. <laughs> hey, that's it. No, you're not set for life. No, it's give me a job or where's the next one coming from? Definitely. No, no question about it, you know. So. But like, does that ever kind of, I suppose, what would be the way? Like if you, let's say you're booked for this uh, thing in April with Kevin Costner and then imagine you're, you know, you get a call saying, oh, they kind of want you for the serious regular thing. There must be a, a like tough decision process for you by taking jobs because this might take you away for five months, but then there could be something you're missing out on while you're away. Yeah, all those things are, yeah, you have to measure, especially when you have a family, you have to measure up all those things. Mm. I think I was asked to do something in South Africa one time, but the, the logistics of trying to make that work with my family were just too much to, to, to take it. And I have two young kids and really I can't be away from them that long, you know. And uh, yeah, and then if you get a series regular or you get a nice movie, which one do you take, you know, which one? Because maybe the series regular and the TV show who knows that they might shoot the pilot and it's not picked up and now you've you've left that movie go so um but you know i i've lived this uncertain creative artistic life i suppose for so long that you i don't know do you ever get used to it but it i kind of get used to it you know i mean this morning i got up at six in the morning to uh to learn all my lines you know it's, uh, so it's for our bunch of lines and tomorrow I'll run those lines with another actor friend of mine. And on Tuesday, I'll go in and shoot something. You know, I'll pretend to be a, a gangster or something. So it's, it's uh, I suppose, if you're not in this life, it's an unusual life, you know, in some ways. But as a normal person, if you take out work, uh, yeah, I'm just like a family man, really, you know. So take the kids to school, make them breakfast in the morning, you know. Soccer mom, but I'm a soccer dad, I suppose. <laughs> And what do they think about like what you're doing? Do they know what you do or are they like don't care or what is it? What what's their like opinion? Oh, they couldn't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, they don't care at all what I do. That's the yeah. Some of their friends or teachers might have seen me on, on television and they might say, Oh, I heard you. I saw your father on something last night. So it, it's a kick, it's a kick for them that way. But uh, it's also funny that you drop your kids to school in the morning and make them breakfast. And then you're 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 killing or torturing someone in the afternoon, you know. So it's <laughs> it, it's an unusual, uh, you know, headspace to be in. You know, so. Yeah, you're feeding a hand to your dog on the television, and then going totally. to your actual dog like some lovely dog food. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> it's I like that's mad, and I imagine like being on these big profile high profile shows, like when you were on SWAT. Not only were you on that like a couple of episodes, but I saw that because I follow Shamar on Instagram, and I saw he shared you know, the, the scenes with you and, you know, tagged you and stuff. And that, again, gives you a great bit of self-promotion because I know self-promotion is nearly another way of getting yourself known these days, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's it's a new world where we all tag each other. I mean, I'm, I I didn't have a, an Instagram or Facebook or any a Twitter or any account until I think it was 2015 I did. 
a show called The Bastard Execution. And, uh, and it, it was supposed to be the big hit new show. It didn't turn out that way. But the publicity machine there, they set up, you know, a Twitter account for you, an Instagram account. And, you know, that gets you going type of thing. And then, you know, if you get your hundreds of thousands of followers and maybe that. Uh, and then there's IMDB numbers. And I don't know if any of these mean anything, but at the same time, everybody's doing it and everybody's publicizing themselves now, as well as having publicists, of course, you know, so. I know myself from doing it for the podcast. I'm like, I love talking to people. I'll do editing. I'll do all that. And then it's like self-promotion. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. I put my face out there and be like, hi, everybody. Come and listen, you know. So it must be just like that for you guys all the time. Self-taping, Instagram, whatever it is. You're like, here's my face. Please like me. Please hire me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I prefer more please, please. I don't care if they like me or not just freaking give me a job basically you know so. yeah old school way of being like please just hire me into your room and I'll, I'll I'll charm you that way yeah exactly exactly but it's it's a fascinating business I like when I was younger I used to want to be an actor but not want the fame side of it you know I want to like I love theater and I love all that kind of stuff and I nearly would love to be the side actor in Law and Order you know what I mean like the yeah, not, not, he's always kind of in the background, like the, you know, the barmaid in EastEnders or something. So you get to see it all and be part of it, but not be the famous side. But you seem to live a pretty normal life away from, you know, the, the fame side of things. I do. Um, very normal life, actually. Um, and I, I, yeah, I don't feel any fame or anything here. Um, I, I'm a bit like you. I don't like that side of it. I remember years ago being on Glen Row in Ireland, right? And the first time I was on television, I was in the store the next day and I saw these women looking at me as if I, I'm buying a bag of potatoes. And I'm thinking, uh, is is my flop open or something? Or what are they looking at? And they obviously had seen me, then I did. I couldn't understand it, you know. And then back in those days, you're paid no money. So you're taking the bus out to RTE, you know. <laughs> and, 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 you're getting a right slagging off the bus driver. Ah, Jesus Christ. And yeah, fuck off getting on the bus, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it's like, yeah. Uh, you see, mo- money protects you from that kind of fame as well. But uh, obviously in Ireland, it doesn't. <laughs> no, we don't. Like Colin Farrell could walk in and he'd still get abused. Like there's no, it doesn't exactly. matter. <laughs> which is great, which is great, you know. So, yeah. yeah. You always hear of all these stories of people who met Bono or they met Brendan Gleeson or whoever, and they're like, you know, winning awards with Banshees of Inisherin or they're winning Grammys or whatever, and or they're saving the world from AIDS. And you're like, would you go on, Oda? Go, oh. you could buy us a pint, Bono, or whatever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which is good, you know. It's it's good to be uh, because really, I think most artists, even inside themselves, you know, uh, feel just like. You know, I, I hate to, to say normal people because we're all the same. We all grew up the same in Ireland or whatever. So there's no difference. Sometimes people, I think the more famous you are, the more suspicious I've noticed. Some of my friends that I've worked with that have got huge fame, they become more suspicious of people. And then it becomes a kind of lonely world. They, they're, they're, they think, why is that person emailing me or why is that person contacting me or do they want something from me? So I'd hate to be in that situation. I'm not, obviously, but uh, I've seen it kind of change people. And then if you're on a show so long where people just tell you you're great, they do everything for you, you're not really 
leading a normal life. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's good. I, I know, I know you're going to get, you know, you don't have to worry about finances ever again, but I think it's good to stay, uh, stay grounded in humanity, you know, and uh, not, cut, not cut yourself off. And, you know, even for me, I could go on location. Oh yeah. And I'm treated like a king and you're the lead of your movie and you're treated and they're all, uh, do you want a cup of coffee? Can I get you something? And it's all that. And they fly, because of the union, they have to fly you first class. I'd never fly first class if I friggin' if someone else was if someone else wasn't paying for it, I ain't flying first class, you know. <laughs> and so, so it's like I will turn in my first class ticket and just bring all my family to Ireland. I did one time, you know. So uh, but uh, but then like you're back then and they get a limo to pick you up, you're flying first class, you're treated like a king. And then you're back home and then you're handed the babies and uh, and the housework and uh, the school chore, you know. So it's just back to normal, you know. Yeah, it's two worlds. Like I, I remember um, Killian Murphy when he was, uh, I think it was the start of Peaky. He was maybe a couple of years into Peaky. He moved back to Ireland, to Dublin, because like he wanted a semi, I suppose, normal life, you know, around the place and like yeah. I've heard of people seeing him on the bus. We just as I was talking about the bus, I've heard of people have seen him on the bus or on the Lewis and stuff, and very much like you know, incognito, I suppose, style. But um, I can't imagine what it's like to go around with that level of fame. And as you said, not trust people. And then I suppose for the other side is if you knew these actors, you know, beforehand, before they got the super fame, then are you like, oh, if I text him to have a pint, does he think that I'm looking for something? You know, and yeah. you're like, we've known each other 20 years, but I want to meet up with my pal. But is he like getting suspicious saying? Please put me in your movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a horrible feeling, I'd imagine, you know. Yeah, but now that'll be you. You'll get some big role now and you'll be like, who are these people? I'll be like, congratulations. You'll be like, who are you? <laughs> will, will you come on my show again? And I'll say, fuck off, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would not, Nicola. I'll I'll go on your show when I get an Oscar, I promise you. There, we've heard it. Okay, it's been recorded. You're coming on exactly, when you get an Oscar. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, tell me what is what are we expecting from you? So we've got this ABC show coming up. Um, obviously we've one more episode of uh Law and Order, and then you have five episodes of that that other show. I think five or six. I think five uh, of that, and then you have a movie with John Travolta is coming out in May. That's called American Metal. Right now they might change the name, but right now it's called. That. Um, there's another movie I did called Heard. Just as uh, and oh, and there's another movie called Applefenia. So the heard one is a zombie movie. The Applefenia thing is uh, it's a weird psychological kind of thriller thing. And then oh yeah, and I did a movie in Miami, which one? Uh, what's the name of that? Um, shit, I'll be shot now by the director if I don't remember the name. <laughs> uh, Jesus, I'll I'll think of it as I talk to you, but. Uh, that's that that that's coming. Oh, Unfelt is the name of it. Unfelt. Um. So uh, yeah, that was that was good fun making that. And um, I bet you I'm forgetting something. But right now, that's what I. That's all I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, like, sorry, that's like five in a row. So, like, for that's a very busy couple of months of like your face being on screens and stuff, which is obviously brilliant. But like, do you ever get invites to come back to Ireland and do some do some work here? I don't actually, uh, not too much. Um, Dahi Keen asked me to go back and do on Klondike 
it it was uh, a show in Gaelic, well, half Gaelic and half English over there. And that was one of the most, the, the nicest experiences I've ever had, actually. I was mm. in a cottage in Connemara, shooting oh. out by Gerard there. Um, told the wife I was miserable, of course, you know, that it was pissing rain every day. I was in heaven, like there, you know, turf <laughs> fire on, you know, like, and then I was doing a Western. I was playing this a character called Peachy Taylor, you know, and uh, he was uh, just a great, a great character that Dahi wrote. And, uh, and then he asked me, they were asking me if I'd go back and do, I think, Smother. Smother is oh, it? Oh, yeah, Smother, yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't able to do it at the time, I think. And, uh, and then COVID struck. So, yeah, I could definitely not have done that. Um, so, and they were both by Dahi. So, uh, but nobody else has um, reached out the olive branch and forgiven me and uh, asked me to go back and do stuff, you know. <laughs> I mean. Uh, it would have been uh, fun to go back and do Vikings or something like that, you know. So, yeah, there's so much being filmed at home at the moment. Like it's just it's like it's constant, and obviously, then there's the Peaky movie, which is coming out next year. So, I'm just going to put this all out there. I'm giving all the Irish directors to get you home to get the Peaky <laughs> directors to get you back. There's like Smother has, I think they're go they're on their third season now. So, if they get a fourth, maybe Dahi will get you in for the fourth. I love it. I love it. It'd be great to, you know, see you do it, um, you know, get to go home, bring the kids. And like, I know they were home for holidays with you, but like supposed to see you on Irish telly as well. It'd be really cool. Oh, no, it'd be it'd be great. Yeah. The thing I bought him back for a few years ago was Quantico was uh, a producer contacted me and I'd worked with him before. And he said, look, they were trying to save money. They're shooting in New York. And they said they could save money by shooting in Ireland. So they'd make the there was a bunch of other places but um that they would save money if they shot in so he said look if you do it i'll make the story around an irish guy and we'll shoot it in ireland so i said go for it you know so yeah yeah definitely you're like if it means definitely. i get to go home first class oh, get to go home it was great i loved it and the, and the, and for my birthday i in that and a friend of mine patrick bergen was in it as well so uh but um I was, uh, yeah, I had to give a speech in a church over uh, in Christchurch and Strongbow's tomb was there, you know, the man that brought, and it was on my birthday and, uh, he, you know, Strongbow, the Norman knight that brought the English uh, or the Normans over to Ireland and started all that. But uh, So that was, uh, that was a great birthday, I must say. That was cool. Yeah, that's that's a reg- that's not a regular birthday right there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no, that was, that was one of the best. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I'm putting the calls out. I'll, you know, this is it. Irish directors, writers. <laughs> He's up for the crack. He's up for coming home. Please forgive him for abandoning us. <laughs> I love it, Nicola. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's been so lovely to talk to you. So go and have a great evening and good luck with filming next week. All right. Great talking to you, Nicola. You too. I'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon. Okay. Good luck. Take good care. luck. Bye. Bye-bye.